Greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, September the 11th. We continue our series looking at life, the life of Jesus and and certain acts within his ministry um, of his life here on earth. And today we look at a topic that's not often discussed, um, especially in evangelical circles. But today we look at the ascension. I'm going to read from the God, from Acts chapter one, verses one through eleven. Jesus taken up from up into heaven. Reading from the NIV. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. A cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white beside them stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Have any of us ever marked our calendar for Ascension Day? Or how many of us have heard of Ascension Day, to be quite honest, or perhaps just a sermon about Jesus's ascension into heaven. It is impossible to overstate the importance of Good Friday when Jesus died for our sins and Easter Sunday when he was raised from the dead. But Jesus's earthly ministry did not stop there. After the resurrection, Jesus taught his disciples about God's kingdom for 40 days. And then he was taken up into heaven, which we just read in in the book of Acts chapter 1. The cross and the empty tomb are, of course, at the very heart of the gospel message proclaimed by Jesus' followers throughout history. However, for many evangelical Christians and churches, Jesus' ascension is just simply an afterthought to Easter and to Good Friday. And so today we want to highlight a couple of different aspects of Jesus' ascension or exaltation in hopes that this significant and this really climactic event in Jesus' life will, will no longer just simply be an afterthought. First of all, Jesus continues to work after the ascension. In Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to one through 2, we read, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up. The small but important word began signals that Jesus' ascension does not mark the cessation or the end. Commencement isn't the end, but it's a beginning. So it's the continuation of his work as Lord and Messiah. And that's what Jesus is, or that's what Luke's second book, excuse me, is all about. 
the acts of the risen Lord Jesus, which he works from heaven through his people by the Holy Spirit, of course, for the accomplishments of God's purposes. Secondly, the ascended Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to his people. After the resurrection, Jesus told his followers, I am sending the promise of my Father to own you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Luke 24:49. In his Pentecost sermon, Peter explains being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. That's Acts 2, 33. God promised in Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And this promise is fulfilled by the exalted heavenly Lord Jesus. The ascended Jesus, the Lord, sent the spirit to be present with his people, to empower them for, for worldwide mission, Acts 1, 8 and 4, 31, and to transform believers to new lives, reflecting their King Jesus. Romans 8, 9, and then 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Thirdly, Jesus's ascension is his heavenly enthronement as king. At Jesus's ascension, he is installed as the true king of the world. According to the Apostles' Creed, he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Jesus is taken up to heaven in a cloud. We just read that in Acts chapter 1. And Stephen declares that he sees the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God in Acts 7.56. These texts suggest that Jesus' ascension fulfills the important prophecy of Daniel chapter 7. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a Son of Man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory, and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Jesus' kingdom cannot and will not be destroyed. It will not pass away. According to Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, Jesus conquered and sat down with his father on the throne, where he receives Unending praise, according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. Jesus will reign at God's right hand until all enemies are subdued under his feet. That's Psalms 110, Acts chapter 2, 34 through 35, 1 Corinthians 15, Hebrews chapter 1. So God's kingdom has been inaugurated, if you will, through the enthronement of Jesus, who now sits on heaven's throne and will return to consummate his kingdom on earth as in heaven. Fourthly, Jesus' ascension is his return to his Father. You see, before and after his death and resurrection, Jesus declares that he was sent by his Father and must return to his Father. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. John sixteen twenty eight. Jesus said to Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the father but go to my brothers and say to them i am ascending to my father and your father to my god and your god john chapter 20 there's been no sweeter reunion in the history of the world than jesus's return to his father perhaps the closest analogy is maybe some courageous um wounded soldier returning 
to his loved ones. Jesus is fully Jesus fully accomplished his mission and glorified the Father on earth. And at Jesus's ascension, the glo- the Father's glory, the or the Father glorifies the Son in heaven. That's John 17. So take heart that Jesus's homecoming to his Father prepares the way for our homecoming to be with Jesus forever. Fifthly, the ascended Lord Jesus is our heavenly mediator and our high priest. You see, Jesus is the unique mediator between God and man. His death and resurrection secure our forgiveness, our justification, our reconciliation with the Holy God. Romans chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Also, note that the exalted Lord Jesus is now in heaven. He's interceding for his people as our true high priest. He's our advocate. Romans 8, Hebrews 1, chapter 7, chapter 8, 1 John chapter 2. All, all of those support that, say that, state that. During his earthly ministry, Jesus' work was geographically limited. He didn't teach in Ethiopia while healing in China. But now he is at work everywhere and he's able to hear and respond to his people's prayers no matter the time, no matter the place. He sympathizes with our struggles and he promises to do whatever we ask in his name. John chapter 14 and Hebrews 4. And sixthly and lastly, the ascended Lord Jesus will return as king and judge. In Acts chapter 1, two angels explained to the disciples this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go. You see, Jesus's heavenly reign will one day be fully realized on earth. That's according to Revelations 11 and chapter 19, chapter 22. This is the very thing we ask for when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And at his return, Jesus will execute divine judgment, vindicating people and judging his enemies. So where does the rubber meet the road here? What, what, it, what does this mean for our lives? Well, I think to sum it up, though it's often overlooked, the ascension completes Jesus's earthly mission and signifies his enthronement as heavenly king. Jesus has completed his father's mission and now rules with all authority, and he intercedes with all sympathy as our mediator and as our priest. We, we close with four implications of Jesus' ascension for us. First of all, remember that Jesus is presently reigning, currently reigning as king, and remains active and engaged in our world and in our lives. Secondly, Because of that, we can live boldly, confidently, and strategically as servants of the exalted King of Heaven. We know that our labors in in Jesus' name are not in vain. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that. Thirdly, sufferers take heart that Jesus is not indifferent to our struggle. He has endured great suffering. And so is the most merciful and sympathetic counselor and mediator. We can take our cares to our ascended Lord who hears our prayers and can respond with all of heaven's authority. And fourth and finally, hope in a glorious future. The ascended Jesus will return as king. 
He will abolish injustice. He will end suffering and he will destroy death and set up his kingdom of truth, of righteousness and love. And best of all, we will be with our King, our Lord Jesus, forever. Amen and God bless.